Hey gang, there are fewer things I regret more than not investing in Zoom when I had the chance. How was I supposed to know there was going to be a pandemic and Zoom stocks would explode? Looking back 20 years from now, I don't want to have the same sinking feeling sitting on the sidelines knowing I could have jumped on another bandwagon sooner. Luckily, we know what the next big boom in retail automotive is, and that's why companies like Fortellus have provided the tools to create unique apps that will help your dealership meet the demands of the market. You see, no two dealers operate the same way. The beauty about Fortellus is that you can pick and choose the apps and workflows that help you meet the demands of the market while catering to your operations. Not only has Fortellus created an amazing technology platform that's designed to make life easier for dealers, they are pouring back into the community with events like their Dealer Dev Day. It's a three-day event that empowers attendees to network with each other to create smarter, faster, and better apps for the dealer community. So, my beloved DPB gang, the best thing that you can do right now is visit the Fortellus Marketplace and browse through their growing library of apps and integrations that will allow you to run your business your way. Visit Fortellus.io to learn more. That's Fortellus.io. In business, though, we're moving in 30-day cycles. Month open, month close. How do I sell more cars? How do I get more customers? How do I get more leads? That's the one that I was. Me. I was in that. I was in that grind. I was in that grind. Not with cars, but we. I, I had. We had 87 health clubs in nine countries. Wow! And all you do is sell memberships every day, every month, month yeah. to month to month to month. You know. So it's so easy for it. you to I be like, all I do for a living is sell memberships to my clubs. Yeah. How do you break free from that? How do we see the bigger picture? Oh, I, what I did is, well, I'm, you know, I was all the way up. So I worked my way up. Um, actually I started up, but then I worked my way higher and, uh, I ended up looking at the teams, how, how I can amplify their teams. How, how can we align the, the, the vision and the purpose of the company with each personal vision and purpose of each one of the employees? And how do I create a culture in there where there's high creativity, where I'm not coming up with the ideas, but they are high cohesion within the teams and very low conflict. And so I would, you know, I was, I had 87 locations. So I, I literally had all of these places that I could try different things out. And over the years, I honed out a, a very successful way to do what I was doing. And it turned out to be, you know, to this day, they still use my systems. And I left there to 2014, wow. you know, and it's just, it's, and I was self-employed too. It's by, I was a self-employed director. So it was like, I wasn't even an employee. And, uh, and so it was all about, aligning like every, you know, first of all, you got to be clear with yourself. So that's, that's what the book's about. Unleash your humble alpha. It's about being clear with yourself. Who am I really? What's my identity? Not what do I do or what's my position? You know, you, you hear people say, you know who I am. I'm the CEO. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what you do. Who are you really? Most people can't say, right? So we find out who you are that, that crystallizes more or less your purpose. You can usually find your purpose much clearer when you realize who you are, what you're about, right? What's your juice in life? What turns you on kind of thing. And once you have that, Everything you do after that amplifies your identity, right? So your identity is that which is coming out in the front, not your title and not what you do. And that's why so many people who exit from their company, who are changing positions or get out of the military, for instance, or are no longer a police officer, they're in a hole because their whole identity was that officer, that uniform, that badge, that gun, that position, that mm, feeling, right. that feeling of the greater purpose, the greater mission. And so they lose all that. 
And that's what this book is about. That's also what our program is about. We have an invite-only program where we invite leaders who just exited or pivoted uh, to come into our program. And um, we work with these guys really hard. We have five five le- levels. And the first one is activate, right? So, you know, we activate the true identity so you know who you are and how you interact in the world. And then we have unleash. Unleash your purpose in life. Know what you do in the world that makes you feel alive. And here comes the really cool part, and that's empower. Create space and elevate all those within your life enterprise so all can step into their greatness. Because when all those around you step into their greatness, they're elevating you as you are elevating them. You know, all ships rise or at the tide or whatever. I don't know what the saying is. I'm not very good at those sayings, but, you know. (laughs) You know, and then we have momentum. Amplify your purpose by igniting the fire within others with partnerships and investing in relational capital. Now, igniting the fire within others is where the team comes in. So we actually talk about how do I implement this into my team? How do I align their visions and their missions with the company's visions and missions so that we have a trajectory like no other? Because let's face it, culture follows action. So you can have nice writings on the wall and credos and everything else, but if the leaders aren't acting according to, the, to, to, those, to those true cultures that they have put in place, the team's not going to act, right? So these are the things that I would bring into place. And, of course, the last step we talk about is quality of life. And if you ever watch any video I've done, I've done – 600 and no 598 episodes of the daily purge you know it's like a three-minute video on facebook and at the end i say and remember it's all about quality of life you know that's that's what it's that's what everybody wants right that's what everybody wants and quality of life is fully enjoying every moment of your life no matter what you're doing and that is the mission of our book. That's what I learned in the monastery coming out and being aware of what I was doing. And as a matter of fact, Michael, let me tell you this. When I left the monastery, I went back to Berlin and I got a call from my old corporation where I had left. I was homeless, by the way, at that time. And I had, you know, because I didn't pay any bills, right? So I didn't have anything. I, did, I did, literally went back. And the world was still there and they didn't put me in jail. And, you know, and I, I got a call from the corporation and said, hey, we got a job for you. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm never going back to that world. And they said, it's a three-month gig in Budapest. And something said, go, right? Go, go to Budapest. I'm like, okay, three months. So I, I literally asked for triple the money. And they said, okay. I was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> and I went. First day in Budapest in my whole life. First day in the company that I was taking over to turn around. I, I, I did turnaround consulting. I just still do. Walked in. The first person I saw was this beautiful woman. And I said to myself, that's my wife. Like, I knew it. I, I was so aligned with the universe, I walked in, I'm like, holy, that's my, like, I saw my whole future with her, like, like that. That was 12 years ago. We're married, have two kids, and I'm still here. You know, that's what alignment does. That's what letting go of the how, of the what is out there. How am I going to get there? Got to make that money. Got to make it happen. As soon as I let go from that, what others say I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to look, how I'm supposed to act, how I'm supposed to walk, what I'm supposed to dress. You know, I had the 7 Series BMW, right? I had all the nice suits bespoke from London, Seville Row, and all this BS. had the black Amex, you know. Uh, right. But I was overweight, hated myself, hated my life. My first marriage went on the rocks because of that. And I went in a monastery after a crash and I almost killed myself. Not auto crash. I, had, I crashed and burned in life, and then I tried to kill myself, and then I, that didn't happen, so I went in the monastery. And... um I came out and said, never again. And I knew that the connection that I had to the world around me was more important than anything I could personally do on my own. And that's when I made it a mission to empower teens to the point where they literally run the company. And I'm just like a pinball machine, the bumpers on a pinball machine. I'm just keeping them in that, in that field of play. And that's it. And that's how I championed that company. It's like the matrix. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what, that attitude that I talked about, we, we, we talked about creating space in the empower phase. And creating space is the most powerful thing anyone can learn. If you take anything away from this podcast, this is what, this is what you should take away. And I'm, and, and I'm dead serious about this. Creating space is when you come up to a meeting, to a podcast, to a note, keynote speech, whatever it is, you drop all expectations. You drop all preconceived notions and all cookie cutter solutions. You show up wholly and fully with one intention, and that is to create value, right? By solving problems, typically, is a way. And what that means is you don't worry about the outcome because you can't control the outcome. You can only control the intention. So if you let go of the outcome, there's no pressure. And what happens is you have a space around each other, and any conversation you have and you set it up this way consciously before you go in, I always say take everything out of your head and put it in a toolbox beside you. If you need it, you can get it out, but don't use it unless you absolutely have to. And you show up and that create that space and every time mastermind, boom, that third entity comes up, you come up with solutions and ideas and that you've never would have come up with on your own. I mean, I've been, I've been invited to places where I'm giving advice to European politicians about American <laughs> you know, domestic policy and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. But it doesn't matter. I don't need to. You know why? Because they know that I know. And because they know that I know, I just let it happen. You just tap into the, to the universal data highway. I know it sounds funny, but when we let go and stop trying to look at the outcome, oh, they want an answer. What do they want to hear? How do they want to hear it? What should I say? You drop all of that. You say, you know what? I have the answer. I know I have the answer. It's out there. Bring it to me. Yeah. I know it sounds, it sounds funny, no, but, but you it, know it, what? Like constantly, I, I, we've all had experiences like this. If you think deeply enough, we've all had experiences where it seems like we tapped into something bigger than ourselves and all of a sudden just got a download. I, yeah. I remember that the first time that happened for me so clearly. Um, so I'm trained guitarist. I'm classically a trained guitarist. Oh, classic um, guitar. Yeah. Classic guitar. Cause I, yeah, I, yeah. I managed, uh, for, you know, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, crazy. Andre Bocelli, his yeah. two classic guitarists, his two, his two classic guitarists are my very good friends. And they're the ones that taught me about 432 hertz. Their guitars are tuned to 432, 432 hertz. hertz. And when they play, <laughs> you get tears. You get yeah. move, movement in your body. Movement. Incredible. Sorry, go ahead. So, yeah, that, now that's crazy. Um, yeah. So, I was driving home one day. All of my sisters play the piano. Um, um, but I was driving home one day. I think I was 17 years old. And I had two weeks of piano lessons when I was five, you know, that sort of a thing. Right, right, right. I'm driving home and I've got this tune in my head and it's moving me and it feels real and I feel like I can play it. I'm not kidding you, man. I walked through the front doors of my house into our recreation room sat down at the piano and started playing this thing Yeah, going like, it. how the crap am I doing this? My dad who worked in our, in, in our home office, he's hearing this and it's moving him. So he rushes into the rec room and he, Michael, I thought that was Katie. How long yeah. have you been playing the piano for? Like that, he, she's shocked. I'm shocked. I'm like seven minutes, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm playing. Something I was, yeah. I, I was not able to do prior was do the two-handed, playing two hands, playing, you know, and all of a sudden I'm you play doing after? it. Could you play after since then? I've played after since then. And people to this day, like, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm perfect pitch, but I'm at a point where if you put a song down in front of me, I will figure it out in 
five minutes or less. That's crazy because a lot of people that have those sort of situations, they lose it after that moment. When, when once they go conscious, no, I once, yeah, once they start thinking since. about it, and and that's, crazy. And that's transferred that's crazy. to other instruments, bass, drums. Wow, wow. I'm, I'm at a point now. It sounds really kind of facetious or kind of douchebaggery, but like I can pick up any <laughs> instrument now. Essentially, there hasn't been one where I've haven't been able to pick it up and within. 10 minutes or so kind of figure out the concept of that. Play instrument. something. Yeah. I, my, my, my buddy, Tony in New York's like that. I mean, he literally plays every instrument. He skis, he snowboards, he climbs ice mountains. This guy it's like, does whatever he wants. I mean, you name it. He does it. Like it was everything. the same way. The, the second time I experienced this was in the Philippines. I did mission work for my church, went to the Philippines, had to learn the language. I kid you not, man, something happened in the mission training center where they're trying to teach you the basics of the language where all language rules left my brain. I'm like, I don't even freaking know what an adjective is right yeah. now. How am I going to yeah. do this to the degree of getting to the Philippines and, and feeling like I could do it. And a yep. flip switch to my brain where I wasn't just talking about Bible stuff and Hey, can I help you with your chickens? I was going down and talking to the fishermen about the materials he was using to weave his nets and what kind of like I, it, something unlocked in my brain. And so when you're saying this, it doesn't sound far-fetched to me. I know each of us have the ability to tap into this. Well, it's, it's, it didn't unlock in your brain. It let your brain go. It, it left mm. your brain. That's the whole point. When, when we keep it logic, we cannot, we're, we're, that's constraints. Same thing happened to me in Paris. I'm sitting there. I was on my own and I, I, I used to fly around and be by myself. And I love to go to Paris when it was like just beautiful. You hear the music and yeah, after smoking a Gouda cigarette with some right, red wine. Right. And I'm sitting there and, the, and the, the waiter comes up and I, you know, I ordered yada, yada, yada. And he comes back with this and I asked him questions and I'm like, um, Francais, like, do you speak French? And he's like, you speak French. And I'm like, I don't speak French. He goes, you just ordered everything in France and French. I was like, what I did? Like, I didn't even realize it because I was so into it. I had let go and absorbed the entire culture. I loved it so much there that I was speaking French. But when I tried to do it, and that's the key word, try, either you do or you don't. Right. And trying means you're blocking yourself with your brain. I know it's, it's, I'm not a scientist or, you know, Jamie wheel type kind of guy, which I was, but you know, it's not, that's not who I am, but I know what happens. And like you said, you went through it as well. And I, and you know, just believing that and knowing that it exists allows you to keep doing it over and over and over. And it becomes part of you. And so I've been able to master answering any question. I've been able to add to adding value to any situation and knowing that no matter who I'm sitting in front of, and believe me, I've sat in, I've sat in front of royalty and world leaders and I always have an answer for them. Not necessarily my answer, but it's an, an answer from somewhere. Yeah. I always, I, I never miss. It's crazy. Wow. But don't think about it. I just let it roll. Like here it comes. How do you get I, I, I say it like this. I say it like this. We're like goldfish, right? right? We fill the space we're given. You put a goldfish in a fishbowl, he'll stay an inch long. You put him in a lake, he'll get like a foot. Right? right, like a foot long. So we will fill the space given when we let go of trying to fill the space. <laughs> I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. If you're ready to make big changes in your life and career and want to connect with positive, nurturing automotive professionals, join my exclusive DPB Pro community on Facebook. That's where we share information, ideas, and content that isn't shared anywhere else. I can't wait to meet you there. Thanks for listening.